Let's do it. We've got some hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome before. to the Content is Profit Podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple. Entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. Let's go. Guys, if you're listening to a a slight delay, that's because Fonzie is not in the studio. And we, you know... Also, he's a little slow too sometimes. So, you know, you gotta. Honestly, <laughs> I didn't hear a delay on my end. I heard a delay on your end. When I, when I would finish my sentences, I was like, is this guy even paying attention today or what? Anyway, <laughs> Fuzzy, what are we talking about today? Oh, actually, I don't have my shit you pulled in, but we're talking. Today, we're talking about tapping into the most powerful consumer on earth. Ooh. Ooh. Who are they? Who are they? I don't know. We're going to figure it out. I have one living in my house. <laughs> Just going to put that out there. But, uh, guys, if you're enjoying this podcast, go ahead and follow the show. Make sure that that bell is like clicked so you don't miss any of those episodes. And make sure to follow us on social media at Base Bros Co. The team has been working on some amazing clips that you want to see i laugh every time i see them so you know hold us accountable luis where's the new clip where is it put it up that's right yeah the team is holding us accountable too guys but if today's episode helped you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review that's right so we are back with another epic guest that is right. And I hope you're ready to start addressing 72% of all consumers after this conversation. And maybe just like her, all while keeping a 12 hour work Ooh, week. Ooh. Baby, that sounds hashtag juicy, juicy. She also hosts <laughs> a top 30 business podcast called The Victress Podcast, in which she helps you dominate business without the typical grind. Mm, and there's so much more in today's guest. But without further ado, please welcome the one and only Sarah Grace. Let's go. What's up, Sarah? And I really want to talk about the adventure challenge. Can we just start there? Please? <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Let's, let's yes. do it because I'm a fan. It's, it's so good. I'm telling you. Wait, you do it's it too, lot. Sarah? Have you heard about it? Oh, we have the family one. We have the couple one. We the whole <laughs> gamut. Like buy every product. It's brilliant. Yeah, so brilliant. Go. Hey, we have them all. We have, you know, I have the dinner one here with my girlfriend. Uh, we have the couple one, obviously. We have the the spicy one, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, we have we gave my brother the family one, and we gave him the adventure challenge for bedtime stories for his kid. Like we literally bought everything. <laughs> Yeah, what? The, uh, that's I, a new one. I that's feel like they one. should uh, yeah. they should sponsor the pot for sure. But you know, sorry, you know why he went to like you know Fort Myers? They escaped the city because of the spicy one. I'm just saying, like, we can't do this one in Jackson. We have to go to a different city. So, anyways, uh, all right, too much information. It's, it's not. This is not an X-rated episode, guys. It is not. Sarah, so, pivot, what, pivot. Yeah, pivot. Let's go. Sarah, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to connect. Uh, you know, we have so many people in common. And uh, you've been doing such such an amazing, you know, work with your community, right? And I think we're going to be coming on soon to talk to, to them and, and talk about content, all these w- wonderful things. But, you know, uh, who's the most powerful consumer? I, I have a theory. I haven't read anything. Oh, but, uh, 
Ooh. Oh, Ooh. I love, I love, love, love this question. And the cool opportunity that your listeners have today is that marketing, because we're talking about marketing, right? That's what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. Marketing in general, not only like ignores this powerful consumer, but it often mm. offends and repels this consumer. And so oh, wow. if you can really like open your eyes to who this consumer is, you are tapping into like 72% of people that are ignored or offended, right? By, by current marketing strategies and pushes and those kinds of things. So elephant like in the room is the fact mm. that the most powerful, the most powerful consumer on earth are women. Yes. Women. Mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say my brother for one second. Because he, <laughs> he buys anything they put in front of him. <laughs> I know. You know it, it really, yeah. You, you know what happened the other day? Started, like He shared like a couple of clips about these VR glasses and stuff and all this craziness. Yeah. Like, hey, man, you should check these out. Oh, by the way, they're in sale. And I'm like, then he confessed. I'm like, maybe if I share this with you, you will buy it and then I'll get to use it. <laughs> he never returns the things that he that we get. You know, he, he no. takes them. But anyways, but... There's okay. one in every family. There's yeah, one right. in every family. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, that is exciting. I mean, I can I have proof of that. You know, Katie is uh, is a menace when the Amazon app is open. So, Katie is my wife, and a hundred percent. Or the weekend trips to Target. <laughs> so, can you uh, can yeah. you elaborate a little bit more on that? And I, I'm very curious, like why why do you make that statement, right? Most people like either ignore them, offend them, right? In in that sense. And I'm very curious because there might be companies out there that they might be doing marketing a certain way. And uh, maybe it's not on purpose, right. but maybe they've been neglecting yeah. that, right? In many ways. Oh, for sure. For sure. And this is not meant to be an experience where we're all like, oh my gosh, I've blown it. I, <laughs> I've missed the mark, I, whatever. This is like an, a, a door that I'd love to open to open yeah. for your guests and those listeners to Absolutely. say, you've got an opportunity here. And the cool thing about it is that I did everything wrong. I did yeah. everything wrong when I started my business. My whole goal was, can I create a six-figure business in less than 12 hours a week? And so I did what every entrepreneur is told to do, and that is to copy and paste what everybody else is doing right? Just do what they are doing over and over. And so I did yep. the things. I went to the events. I bought all the books. I bought all the swipe files. I copied and pasted the format of their websites and their funnels and all these kinds of things. And yeah. I, I felt stupid because it wasn't working. Like I just wasn't converting people mm -hmm. into my coaching programs. And like, oh gosh, I felt like I was such a great teacher and I had something to offer, but it was really, really subpar results. And so it really came from a desperation on whether I was gonna keep going as an entrepreneur or whether I was gonna you know, settle down with these amazing four kids and be full-time mom and pursue other passions. So it became kind yeah. of a mode of, of, of desperation. And I would imagine both of you in the room feel like, hey, desperate measures often yield like desperate answers and some really iconic things in our lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I started to really explore why my stuff wasn't working when I was literally copying and pasting the stuff of all the masters. Like, why? Why is that? So I was actually at an event and I was sitting at this event and thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs there. And here, here's kind of the key element is I was in a row. There were two, actually two rows of women there. Mm -hmm. And this master was up on stage, someone who I deeply respect to this day. And this master who happens to be male was pitching. He was pitching his coaching program. And I was like taking notes furiously. I'm like, how is he doing it? What am I missing? Like, yeah. where are all my gaps and why I'm, why my stuff isn't working. And I was taking all these notes and I look, kind of looked to my left. And then I looked to my right at all these women and they were checked out. 
Wow. They were like scrolling Instagram. They were like ordering Grubhub. They were, <laughs> some of them were like leaving. Some of them were rolling their eyes. Some of them were doodling all this stuff. And I was like, this is like one of the best marketers on earth right now. Yeah. And yeah. my friends are checked out. So after that pitch ended and I looked in the back of the room where the program was being sold, it was 90 plus percent male, 90 plus percent. And I thought, what is happening? Like something is happening here. And so I went back to my hotel room and sat around with these girls that I had been sitting by. And I was like, what did you think of that? Like, what, what did you like about the pitch? What did you think? And they were absolutely like, no holds bar. Okay. Mm -hmm. They were totally disgusted. They were totally repelled. And it was this moment. I'm so grateful for their honesty where I started to kind of take a step back and say, maybe there's another way. Yeah. Maybe there's another way, right? They just were so, and that's why I use that, that word repel so bluntly is because that's the word that they were using when they were yeah. being pitched to using traditional marketing. Right. I mean, have you, have you even as dudes, right. As bras, have you guys ever <laughs> sat in a space where you're like, this is not vibing with me. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was really the exploration of what I did. And so without giving you the whole, the whole story top to bottom, what I started to study was what is the impact of gender on marketing and full hmm. caveat, the word gender, I want to be really careful around. This is a, a discussion here about marketing. Okay. We're talking about marketing. <laughs> We're not talking about politics, religious yeah. affiliation, anything like that. And so I just want to really narrow in on the fact we're talking about marketing. So I did yep. all of this research and started to discover that 72% of online purchases are made or influenced by women. In hmm. fact, 87% of video game purchases are made by women. 87% wow. people. So even if they're not the one playing Zelda, right? <laughs> Legit, they are influencing that decision. And so I said, how do I tap into them? Wow. How do I tap into that kind of consumer? And that's where it started. Interesting. That is, that that is extremely interesting because I feel like sometimes we move we move in certain communities that you don't get to realize that, like you were saying, right? Like you're in this event with this master marketer pitching, and that's happened to us. Like now, obviously, like it's being brought to my awareness, but I'm at the events and mostly I see just other dudes, other marketers that sure. also resonate with that main person that's on stage right and i feel like they are in a way a reflection of that person too right we of, you often hear that the best person to help is you know the ones that is like one or two steps behind you and usually it's a person that looks just like you as well and we might not take into consideration you know that it might be you know somebody of uh, the opposite gender so i i think is is very interesting. I have a few questions, but I think my brother might have a comment here. Since we're not right next to each other, we cannot punch or elbow each other behind <laughs> the table, you know, to know to know who wants to talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, normally Fonsi just like you know hugs the mic, but I just uh, take over. He, he just takes Fair. over. But uh, I'm 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 thinking about the events that I've been right, and obviously you go to these events in many in many ways for your own development, right? So you resonate with certain people, and uh, right to me. I mean, we migrated to this country in 2010, 2011, right? Where we come from, and I don't want to get all political on all of this, but like this will help explain kind of like my thought process too on this is sure. racism wasn't a thing, right? Like you, we have people from all the races back home in different things. So when we first came here, the, the conversation around that really surprised me, right? So, yeah. I, and it was, 
it was very interesting, right? Certain groups are marketed in a certain ways. There's certain messages, right, that that you relate to to those groups. And now with this conversation, my eyes are open again. Be like, hmm, very interesting, right? So there's a set of like uh, pains or results that people are chasing. So in my mind, right. I was not differentiating in gender at all. I'm like, hey, right. you can be a woman, you can be a guy, yeah. right? Or you can be a, a male, right. and then uh, you might have certain desires, but the way that people resonate, now it makes sense, right, when, when you uh, explain this. So I remember being sitting in, you know, we've gone to a big conference, 5,000 people, even at one that was 35,000 people, right? And uh, now that I go back to that big one, it was a whole stadium filled out of people. It was put in by Grant Cardone. The majority of the people there were dudes, <laughs> right? You're like, what? This makes total sense, right? And then, yep. uh, and uh, so help help us navigate this, right? Like if, if there's a company and they're first opening their eyes to this, I'm like, okay, it makes a lot of sense. Right, they're having this realization like yes. the one I'm having, and uh, how, what are some of the first steps that they need to take to start adapting their marketing message? Do does it need to change completely? Like, do we have to divide the audiences? Like, how do we start talking to this consumer? Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna pin you with a question, and I don't care sure. which of you answers it. My question is is as marketing geniuses and content geniuses, so genius that I'm pulling you into my private group, like you're so good at what you do. <laughs> How you. much time have you guys spent as partners talking about the pain points of your customers together? And like, how can we address those? How, how much time have you spent? Uh, Little, lot, uh, how important is that? Lots, but again, like yeah. under, the, under the lens of a content creator in general, like exactly my point, right? Exactly what my point, not differentiating both. And that this is why I'm so interested. Right. right. And it's it's really fascinating. And and to say that I've known this for 10 years is totally a lie. <laughs> I've known this for like two and a half years. This is new. This hmm. is really, really new on the impact that we can have when we really hone in on gender in marketing. And here's here's one of the things I really want to open your eyes to is you spend all of that time thinking about your content creators and your entrepreneurs and the people who just don't want to spend the time, which is so me. And I'm so grateful for people like you who do what you do. Right. So grateful. And so when you, when you look at that kind of space, your goal is onefold. I want that potential customer to feel seen. Bottom line. I want them to feel seen. So they're sitting in a room with Grant Cordon and he's talking about everything to help them feel seen and acknowledged. That's why we tell stories, right? If you can tell a story and they can see themselves in that story, okay, when, when your story is their story, your solution becomes their solution for my friend, Catherine Jones, like that's the best way to put it. Yeah. We know the power of storytelling. Is, is that a pretty common like awareness in the world of marketing? I would say yes. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Okay. So this is where the pivot needs to happen. And your question was, do I have to then have two marketing plans, one for men and one for women? Well, when you market to the women, you actually get the men because mm. they influence so many decisions. Okay. So the purse, the first pivot you want to make is how can I just increase awareness of my potential female clients? How can I see them better? That's the very, very first question that you want to look at. And let me give you an example. Okay. The foundations of marketing are based around one form of storytelling, which is called the hero's journey right? We're all familiar with the hero's journey, Frodo and Gandalf yeah. and Harry Potter and all those kinds of oh, things. Yeah. They're all dudes, you guys. <laughs> They're all bras. Okay. And so in this discovery, I started trying to understand how does a woman fit into the hero's journey? How does a woman fit in the hero's journey? What are all those specs? And I got nowhere until I realized there is a female version of the mm. hero's journey that is significantly different. 
you watch Moana, significantly different journey than Frodo, right? You watch Rey from Star Wars, who is a female, significantly different journey than Luke Skywalker. And so as a marketing expert to women, we go into companies and we start to help them be aware of these significant yet simple nuances that women need in order to be invited into your business, become loyal to your business and spread the yeah. word about your business. That's where we start. Ooh. Interesting. And, I, and I'm curious, you know, and I'm sure the person that's listening to this right now, they're asking themselves, well, you know, you're a very good marketer and you are definitely putting a lot of curiosity out there. So what are those? What are some of those elements that we can start including into our marketing to start yeah. attracting, you know, women? And, and just, you know, a, a, a quick caveat here. As you were talking about, you know, the percentage of how how sales are influenced by women. All I could hear in my song was the, I think it's a Beyonce song of like run the world, you know, like who runs the world is like girls. I was like, <laughs> I guess, I guess it's true. I guess it's true. <laughs> that should be my new podcast song. I there, love that. There you go. <laughs> by, by the way, we, we had a secret weapon, but then Fonzie got a girlfriend. So now we have no secret weapon. That This is why we're asking all these questions. <laughs> he was a marketing. <laughs> he was a marketing to no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I, that, that was to a total bro comment. I, I take it back. <laughs> it's out there. I'm not editing it out. It's, it's, it's in there. <laughs> I love this so much. Well, I love your question because I, I think that the biggest problem is, yes, Sarah, I believe you, but like what now? Like, mm -hmm. or I'm willing to test your theory, but like, what do I actually do? So let me give you yeah. a couple of examples, okay? That should feel, especially if you're like a Disney person, should feel very, very jolting to you, okay? I want you to imagine Moana. Has everybody seen Moana in the room? Even if you don't Not, have kids. Have yes, I, 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 like I Like a Moana. thousand times. Okay. It was on repeat okay. when Luca- I'm in the right room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for, for every okay. parent, yes. Okay, so let's compare and contrast Moana's journey with Frodo's in one specific way. And this will allow your listeners to actually have one action point that they can move forward with hmm. for sure to kind of see what we mean by significant but simple. Okay, yeah. so when Frodo gets called to take the ring, right, when they're sitting in that big circle for the fellowship of the ring and everybody's there and it's like somebody must take the ring, Frodo is the first one to volunteer and he says, I will take the ring to Mordor, but I do not know the way. That's what he says, okay? Yeah. He, he, he volunteers for it first, he stands up, he knows he's probably not the strongest, the biggest, the baddest or whatever, but he knows that this is something he will accomplish or is willing to go after. So yeah. I will take the ring to Mordor, though I do not know the way, and then he gets this amazing fellowship and it's the best movie ever, right? <laughs> Moana, Moana has a significantly different experience, okay? Because it really only takes about 20 or 30 minutes into the movie for Frodo to start his, his journey, okay? He's like walking yeah, out yeah. and he's ready to go with Sam, right? But Moana goes through a massive identity crisis. <laughs> Welcome to women when it comes to your product, okay? <laughs> Moana has this experience where she is so torn. I call it the why, She is mm. so torn between the two people that she feels called to be or that she is supposed to be, mm. okay? She feels called to the ocean. She legit has an entire song about it that it calls her, okay? Right. She feels called to the ocean. She's meant to explore. She wants to do all those things. And then the next scene you turn around, she's sitting there like bawling. What is wrong with me? I'm supposed to be like the queen yeah. of my island and stay here and not go past the reef. And so there is this massive 
massive identity crisis way before she ever jumps on a boat that she just doesn't know if it's okay for her to go past the reef, that it's against everything she's been taught. So if I were to come in and consult with you guys, do you know what women would say about your services? Hmm. I'm curious. I'm like, I don't know. Should I, should I even be creating content? I mean, I'm guessing they would have an identity crisis first if yes. by, by, by this, you know, example that you've provided. Okay. Okay. So the, the idea should be, and you're, you're so like spot on cause you know, your people so well where she's saying like, well, like, is it a, like, what if my kids see me or like, what if my mother-in-law sees me like mm. putting all this content out there? How am I going to be perceived? How are you guys going to make sure I'm perceived in the way I want to be perceived? Like, I don't know if I'm like supposed to be out there or maybe she actually really, really values like hard work and like bootstrapping. And mm. so therefore she shouldn't hire you. She should just learn it. Right. She should just learn it and copy what you do. And like she really values like the hustle, like grit part of it, particularly with women who are religious, will value that idea of like grit and hard work. And Mm. I should just figure it out myself. And so your job, you and I together, is how do we get that message out there to actually show her that it's it's okay for her to hire this and it's actually better Mm. for her family and it's actually better for her her marriage. Like, I mean, I'm talking about legit things that are going through her brain when she starts to see what your services are. And so being able to have your listeners um, within their businesses really, really acknowledge the fact that your product is awesome and she's not okay with it yet internally. And what kind of questions do you need to be addressing to make sure that it's actually okay for her Okay. I I grew up hugely religious. I'm still hugely religious. And it took me like 10 years to recognize it was okay for me as a religious person to make money and to make a lot of money, like 10 years, people, 10 years, ridiculous. And so the more that we can shorten that kind of span to say, Hey, look, when you make money, you get more time. That means more time baking cookies on Friday. That means more time traveling. That means, you know, all this kind of stuff, impacting, serving, all that kind of stuff. So does that bring some ideas to the table as far as the identity crisis? I mean, I I want to, quick quick comment here. It kind of reminds me a little bit of, and I heard this from Seth Godin, but it's, I I know Seth Godin is not a woman, but he's a great marketer right out there. (laughs) And uh, he, you know, he talks about like, when somebody wants to buy a drill, they actually don't want to buy the hole in the wall, right? Like what they want to buy is the memories of their family that they're going to put on top of the shelf that they're going to put, you know, where they drill the holes, right? So it's, it, it, it has like those layers of depth. And, you know, this is, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate, but I think like for men in a way, like, you still have those layers, right? It's not like, yeah, you want the money and the Lambo, right? Um, but so, so, so I'm curious on what is the difference there? And, I, and I'm going to let my brother, you know, talk because I don't want to be hugging the mic too much. <laughs> but, but I do want to come back to this on like, what is that difference, right? On like, you're just not selling the thing, right? It's like layers deep. What is that difference for men and women as well? Oh, I think every listener here, if they felt like we largely serve male audiences and we really don't have a product that influences women, maybe, and they're kind of like, so I'm not really sure if I need to make adjustments. If you just took the advice to really, really dive into the ripple effect of your product on that man's life, your marketing is going to go better. Okay. Mm. 
it's going to produce more. So yeah. in that way, it's very, very similar with a woman. And this is very culturally within, you know, the, the United States and maybe more developed countries in the sense that a woman's choices have dire consequences and very immediate consequences. There are assumptions with women that they are caretakers, right? And I don't fight that. I love being a mom, mom of four. There are <laughs> yeah. assumptions there though. And so when she's deciding to, to use your service, for example, which is brilliant, she knows that her face and her message is going to be everywhere online. And her biggest concern actually while, while it feels like I'm scared to be perceived this way mm -hmm. is if my children see this, is this the legacy I want to leave? Yeah. Or if my husband sees this, do I, do I feel like an engaged partner there? And mm -hmm. it's not quite, and I, I have the greatest men in my life, the greatest husband, the greatest father, um, been taught by great male mentors. The reality is, is that women carry the burden of the ripple effect throughout their family at a higher degree than men do. And they are way more afraid to start a service, to engage in a program, to to get a coach because of the potential of that ripple effect. Yeah. Right. This is this is so powerful because I'm going back mm -hmm. to like three years ago when we were trying to figure out what the service was. And and I remember yeah. very specifically, even before the service was even a thing, we jumped on on like around 20 calls with people that were in our network that were close to us asking them for feedback. And I remember having a conversation with this amazing female entrepreneur. She ended up uh, building an, an amazing business in the ta on the tax and side of things. And uh, she's like cool. an ex-IRS and she, she's been helping us a ton in, in that side. But I remember she was trying to figure out her publishing game at the time. And we were doing a 45 live challenge to go in front of a camera for 45 days straight. Uh, no filter, no nothing, right? And the whole purpose of this was to remove the friction on publishing, right? So we're removing all these elements sure. that that will uh, take you from being online, right? So, and I remember this call so vividly because she was like, well, <laughs> what, like, what days am I going to do this? And, and we're like, every single day. And she's like, wait, do I have to get ready? And all these things. And she's thinking about the makeup and she's thinking about the, the appearance, right? And, uh, and I remember being so in shock because, you know, to me personally, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dude, right? So for me, it was like, I'm just going to go outside and I'm walking the dogs and I'm going to do this. Like, and I have a hat, I'll be sweaty. I, I don't care. But then that was a, a whole different perspective. And I was like, okay, how can we, if this is a priority for you, right? Because it, it, it seems like it is, like you you brought it up a couple of times and the priority mm -hmm. is publishing and the priority is like your the perception, not only as a woman, but also to the market that you're selling, right? She was selling to right. higher CEOs and all these things, right? If that's a must, how can we prepare the night before? So it's no friction the day of publishing, right? So should we put in like X amount of, and, and she like brainstormed all this thing and she got everything ready because publishing for her was a priority and she was able to go and execute, right? And then she ended up going to do all these things, but that was like the first time that I, I really had like this one conversation. And now today it makes so much sense because, you know, we, we talk about the elements on, on publishing or, or what are the levers, right? When you put content out there. So one of them is polarization, talent, all these things. So on polarization, are you comfortable with the message that you're sharing, right? Are you comfortable with, you know, ruffling some, some feathers and uh, what you just mentioned makes so much sense because even with our female clients, it is, we, we go through all these things 
uh, where we prime them with questions and we prime them with stats and market research and be like, hey, can we be a little bit out there with the opinion, right? Because that's going to attract more people that are with you or maybe not, but that has always been a high friction point. And now I understand why and it's so, it's so important. So now we can build solutions to manage those and help them in their journey. So awesome. So awesome. I love that you remember that so clearly. And there is something so even even now, like I am a woman, right? Like I'm a mom, like I get yeah. all those nuances, but still I sit with so many women and I just remember more and more and more nuances. And one thing that your listeners could really grasp onto, and this is not meant to be a victim cry, it's meant to be a, how can we leverage your business to access her, is the fact that women are interrupted all the time. Mm -hmm. Your desire to sit with me here on a podcast today took us a little bit of time to like connect and get our schedules to work. Well, I've got a nanny upstairs, you guys. We're rocking and rolling. I've got a nanny upstairs. I am super, I recognize that's a huge privilege in my life. And so sometimes when we look at like our five-day challenges that we do, it doesn't work as well for women because of the interruption factor. And you may say, well, my women, all their kids are in school. Yeah, but somebody's gonna barf at school. Somebody's gonna get sick. Somebody's gonna skin their knee. Um, the doctor's office is gonna call for a follow-up for the orthodontist. There are so many interruptions in her life that that brings to mind, how is my business doing at following up? If she doesn't do X, Y, Z, am I seeing her? Am I like recognizing she was probably in carpool when I sent her that invite or when I sent her that opportunity or something like that? Um, that ability to follow up helps her feel seen because she's constantly interrupted. And in fact, I do this thing when I do one-on-one -on -one consults, right? And I like fly to these companies and like dive into their world with women. Um, I have these male CEOs, legit, and we do it in a very safe way. Don't worry. Follow mm -hmm. their ideal female client for 24 hours. Mm. I like that you I like you say in the safe way. Yes. <laughs> the safe way. Not yeah. the creep way. We're very, very, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. And all of a sudden, like you wouldn't believe this one company I was working with does baby products. Okay. Like soap, like organic soaps and shampoos and all that kind of stuff. And this male CEO, so during like the, the nighttime hours, um, he is simply texting her every 30 minutes to ask her specific questions through the night, right? And if she's asleep, she just turns it off. But what they realized is all the majority of their ideal female clients were up at multiple times during the night. Why? Mm. They've got children. An yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anxiety of the kids. Like what's, you know, the plan tomorrow, the homework is ready. Like where are we going to? Yeah, uh, yes. 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 So they had this big realization. I was talking with Doug, the owner of this company. And Doug was like, oh my goodness, like my women are most engaged and actually most connected with their baby's needs at like three o'clock in the morning. So we changed a lot of their marketing efforts in email and in Instagram and in reels and all those kinds of things to 3 a.m. And we're able to see a significant drive in sales and awareness because they're up, yeah. they're up and they're thinking about that baby, right? So, yeah. okay, funny story, funny story. Like my the my Amazon account is connected with Katie's Amazon account. And the, there's so many mornings that I wake up and it's like, this purchase has been made at 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, <laughs> Katie, what the heck? Like, why are you buying stuff at 3 a.m.? Like, well, I'm up, you know, I, this is what I'm thinking. I'm just taking action. So it makes so much sense. Oh, so boy. And, yeah. and Amazon spends billions in order to redirect purchases, right? That you're like looking at and having to show up on Facebook and Instagram for later purchases and stuff. You as an entrepreneur have that ability to have that kind of power without doing billions of dollars in ad spend. 
You do. Mm-hmm. You have that ability to do follow-up sequences and, and you know, abandoned cart sequences yeah. and those kinds of things. Those are leverage points when you understand how her day works over a 24-hour period. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty curious. You know, I feel like the conversation has mainly been around men marketing to women. But sure. what about women marketing to women? Like, is it natural for them Or is it something too that needs to be addressed, right? Like, do they actually have a challenge to marketing to women as well? Oh, this is so good. I've never been asked that question before. <laughs> Bravo. I've never been asked that question, Let's but go. I have a good answer. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> so if I really like pull upon my own experience, I had to unlearn a lot of marketing. I had mm. to unlearn like really, really heavy closed cart emails that could be a discussion for another day. It's yep. not effective with women, by the way. Okay. Mm. I had to abandon that. I had to relearn storytelling in the victorious way, like her journey and, and all those nuances. And I think one of the things that is so foundational for women is, and this is part of the victor's journey of how it's significantly different than the hero's journey is the, the victress actually looks first for an ally before a guide. She needs mm. a friend. She needs a friend. And it's really tempting as women in the entrepreneurial space to stand up and be powerful and like I'm a leader and aspire to be me. And there's a temptation because that's what has been shown to us. We want to be the big voice on stage. We want to be the, you know, the big, big leader. And the reality is, is she needs a friend. So what does that look like, right? What does that look like? Well, there are a couple of significant changes that you can make. Number one, on your sales pages and on your content, Use verbiage like us and we mm. and you and I instead of I can help you do this and no. do you really need a change? Mm. We all need a change, right? And that's a really small but significant adjustment that can be made for women on their sales pages and those things to help that woman feel included in something powerful. Okay. Yeah. How else can we establish a feeling of like friendship that you and I are allies instead of, you know, I'm this, even though you are leading, I'm this big guide that's so far away and a hundred years older than you, like Gandalf is and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> How do we like humanize that experience? Well, we do something. I'm just, I feel like I'm giving it all away, which is great. We do <laughs> something called rituals of belonging. Okay, we call them Robs. How can we establish rituals in her life where she knows she is connected to you? And mm. sometimes that's a text thread. Sometimes that's a, she makes her first hundred dollars in sales and she gets a t-shirt, right? And I, it, so, it sounds basic and yet women want to belong, right? I think all people want to belong, right? But I'm, I'm the expert at women, so I'm going to hone in on her. Yeah. She wants to feel like she has a group of allies and people that she can connect with and be safe with and all those kinds of things. So we try to establish verbiage that, especially on the front end, on the lower um, price pointed items in your businesses, we want that to feel like a space of allies, okay? Yeah. And then as it grows up the ladder, yeah, you can step out as that guide and as that leader with that one-on-one -on -one stuff, that really appeals to her. But if you don't establish a feeling of friendship and like we are linking arms in this process early on, you are gonna <laughs> yeah. lose people because they're scared. They yeah. want a friend. Wow, uh, so so powerful. And in my head, I'm going through like a bunch of scenarios too. And we, we have a client right now that she just went through a really challenging uh, work situation and you know, she, I, I think she, she found relief in, in the team and in us 
navigating through all this and nothing had to do with content, right? It was about just listening on these conversations and, you know, we have built in these calls inside of the service that previously they were not in, in that and uh, we lost connection with a lot of, of the people that we're dealing with and we're like, hey, how can we come back to that relationship? But for us, like that, you'll see that that's a pillar in, in everything that we do. And uh, that literally it. saved not only the relationship with us, but also allowed us to move forward. And as you're explaining this, I'm like, wow, there's so many elements of this on the on this language. It's just being there. I, I, we're all people, right? So at the end of the day, like, mm -hmm. you know, let's forget about the transaction. How are we actually serving? And, and I think it came, I mean, th there's so many elements that we can throw into this, like, is it culture, right? Because I feel like for us personally, that might be an, an easier sell to, to actually go do it in, in the, like the, the thing, right? Of developing that relationship than other people, right? We hear people having troubles with this and in our heads, we're like, but why? Right. So I, I don't know if like, we're just a little bit more prone to that, uh, because of the culture, but, uh, I think just bring the conversation here in different comp and companies where like, how, how does that, how's my customer journey look like? Have I, have I done an audit to see like, who's my, who's my best client? Who, who are the repeat clients who like identifying, that and then be like, is my customer journey reflecting the service that I really want to, you know, put in place to make sure that I serve to the best of my ability. So I, I think <clears throat> this opens a conversation in many companies, uh, especially if you have a content team, right? Especially if you're trying to publish consistently, all this stuff. So sorry, this has been yeah. well, so awesome. Thank you. Well, can I just bring in one hero to me in the room who, who is a man who sure. really, really opened my life, to my, my, my mind to a word that really reflects what you're saying, this importance of like, like be a person. Yeah. Like instead of tracking sales, what if you like tracked how they're doing as a mm. human? What if like, what if there was a way to track that yeah. and a text came in or an email came in and said, Hey, I haven't seen you in here for a while. Right. Yeah. That really increases longevity as far as, um, you know, her soul and her ability to feel connected with your company. But I was sitting at an event and you probably know who Brendan Ricard is, right? Yeah. And he, I cannot even explain the energy that happened his first 20 seconds on the stage. And wow. all he was saying was, all right, let's go or whatever. And I don't know if it was a soundtrack, you guys as content people probably know why I felt that way, but he came on and I was like, so enveloped out of, I probably saw 60 speakers at that event. He is the only one I remember. Yeah. Wow. I took home with me and his word, he said, you are not selling content. You are not selling baby products. You are not selling coaching. You are selling aliveness. And that's what he said. Mm. And he talked about how that is the word of the decade that will set you apart compared to any other competitor that you may have. And I've got it on a little teeny sticky note right here on my screen to help engage with people in a sense of aliveness. And I tell you what, if you're a million dollar company and you're not following up with people who aren't finishing your program, that is garbage. That yep. is absolute garbage and yeah. your business won't last. Yeah. And I know that that's like really bold and direct, but like be better. If you've got a million dollars a year to spend, be better and take care of your people. Yeah. And how can you better ask those questions every week with you and your team and your company to increase the amount of aliveness in what you're offering? That's the goal. Mm. So good. I love this. I mean, I think it goes back to care, care about your people, right? Care about your community. Um, I'm pretty curious, right? You talked about allies pretty much over having a guide 
and I I see that I can I can see that contrast, and at the same time, these questions pops into my into my head, right? Like we're moving in the marketing world into I'll say the age of community, right? Like even McKinsey, right? One of the big consulting companies, like they released a report about communities, like how important they're going to be now in you know in the world. And, you know, when you say allies over a guide, I'm curious now, like our communities may be way more effective when marketing women rather than marketing men. Uh, do we have to manage these communities in a different way? Although now asking this question, you know, you said that by marketing to women, you're also, you know, kind of like catering to men in, a, in that way. So I'm curious, like, what is your take when building community and maybe I'm, I'm more than what is the right way to do it. I'm curious on how are you currently doing that within your business? Oh, that's so good. That's such a good question. And the, the answer I would give you, does community matter? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I don't know the exact statistic. I could pull it up, but it's either high 60s or low 70s of the amount of Facebook groups that are managed by women right? Mm. Created and managed by women. And so women are certainly leading that direction as far as a need for community. But here's the mistake that is made. Don't throw up a community just to throw up a community to check the box. Like, again, mm. recognize that she has a ripple based upon her choices. And yeah. if she is going to join your community, whether it's on Mighty Networks or Facebook, or you do a private Instagram feed, wherever you do it, doesn't really matter at this stage in the game, but she needs a reason to be there. Right. Yeah. And one of the beautiful foundational things that um, foundational marketing taught, taught us from from Dan Kennedy is you need a competitive advantage. Like why your group over any other group that she could be a part of. Yeah. Right. Are you giving her marketing without slime? That's kind of what we do. Right. <laughs> OK, that's yeah. our kind of goal here. Uh, marketing for women specifically. Like what are you giving her and what makes it really, really unique? Are you giving her pizza for five bucks? Go Little Caesars. OK, they win. OK, <laughs> but find what that competitive advantage is. I think the biggest struggle that I see in communities is people do it just to check a box. It's very, very general. And there's not a reason to stay or grow. They're not reaching yeah. for anything. They're not giving opportunities to progress and grow. They're not connecting really with the leader there. And so do communities matter? Absolutely. But but form your community in a way that you can sustain it and that actually serves them rather than it just being, here's a community, ask questions whenever you want, right? Yeah, yeah, that gets 100%. Mm. Mm, I love this. I want to throw here kind of a little bit of a recap on the, the, some notes that I've taken that I think they can be valuable for uh, you know the person listening right now when trying to think about, okay, I do want to transition here a little bit more of my marketing message right towards women. I want to, I want to cater, right. And I want to obviously involve them in my community. These are, and please correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong with this or, or if I'm not saying it in the right way, but some of the key takeaways for me here have been that sense of belonging, right? Like establishing that deep connection, kind of like managing, not managing, but help them see the perception, right? On things like what is that ripple effect that you're talking about? Uh, interruptions, right? Having that ability to follow up, like like you said, women have been, you know, are, are, they're interrupted consistently. So obviously, I see it on how do we add value to their life through maybe some of these interruptions. And then the other thing that you said is I'd over guide. I think that one is my key takeaway, right? Like, okay, how do we treat them as allies? How do we involve them and let them know that we're on it together rather than, hey, 
you got this go 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 get a champ <laughs> brilliant yeah. so brilliant we're um I mean, obviously, we talked a little bit about very specific action points, right? But, you know, for this company, right. especially with their publishing, with their content and, and the way that they share their stories, what is something that they can do today, right? If they've neglected this for a long time, what's something that they can do today to actually move, you know, the ball forward? Oh, I love this. And and maybe, um, Luis, you can follow up with me and I can actually give them a sheet. You don't need to give me your email or anything. But I would really, really encourage your people to interview three women you know could really experience awesome results with your product. And I mm -hmm. want you to sit with them. Okay. You don't need to do the 24-hour thing because you don't know how to do it safely yet. But um, do sit with those three people and I will send you guys a list of questions to talk to them about and awesome. and take that seriously. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know all you do is you're like, yep, I'll sit with her. I'll sit with her and I'll sit with her. And then you'll look at it and you'll be like, oh, I don't know about that. Or I don't like listen to it. Listen to it. I will never forget when I had a woman say, I really wanted to attend your live training. Um, your two, mm. We do a 2X revenue training about once a month. And she's like, I really want to come, but it's always 60 minutes. So I always, I always lose the last 15 minutes because I have to go to carpool. Okay. What did we do? It's 45 minutes long. Yeah. Pitch included. It's 45 minutes long. Listen, listen, mm. listen, listen. If you're going to spend the time, listen to what they yeah. say. And I think you'll find that those adjustments are actually quite small and significant because she feels seen. That's awesome. Oof. Powerful. We have some homework yeah. to do. I bet we, we often talk about the 100 conversations, right? We, we had Alex Charfin on the show, and he yeah. told us about, like, talk to your customers, right? Like, learn about them. But if I'm being honest, up to today, I didn't thought about it. Kind of like, you know, segregating them in buckets and understanding, like, everybody's needs, you know, depending on, obviously, like, where they find themselves or who they are, uh, which I think is is a pretty interesting way. And I love how you added there. Don't do the night thing, you know, until you know how to do it safely. Guys, do not go out there, you know, texting like at midnight. <laughs> yes, follow, follow the advice. <laughs> yeah. Integrity-based marketing, people. Okay? Yep, 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 yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to, I mean, first of all, thank you for the message. This is such a powerful message, especially today, right? Yep. That many companies need, need to hear, especially when, you know, we're, we're talking to more diverse audiences and I'm trying to include and serve many, many, many more people, right? Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's amazing. So right. thank you for putting that message out there. Uh, last question of the show is where will you be if you never published, if you never actually shared this message? Oh, that's so sad to me. That's so sad. If you never, ever published what is your legacy going to be? Mm. I am a big believer in the Bible. And if not supposed to have the Bible, you can cut all this out. We're live. Oh, well. Okay. Esther 414 is like the theme of my company. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this, right? Mm. You were meant to be born in a world with technology. You were meant to be born with this content as profit live. Like you were meant to be here with these kinds of capabilities, these kinds of teammates and if you were born for a time as this, are you taking advantage of it? Mm. Yeah. It is out there. You are set here for a purpose and it is your job and your obligation to get it out there. We need you. All good. So I good. love that. I love that. Um, sorry, I'm going to add this here as a kind of bookmark it for next time you come to the show. I think we went pretty deep, right? In obviously marketing women, right? The most powerful consumer on earth, which was <laughs> great. 
I'm still curious about how you get and manage those 12 hour work weeks. I'm going to put that out there. I want to talk about that. I want to learn about that. You know, we're at the top of the hour, but we're going to have to bring you back. We're going to have to bring you back and discuss that because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure a lot of people want to do that. You know, I, I personally would love to, you know, go out there, play more soccer, more tennis, you know, uh, kick my, my, my brother's butt in all the video games possible. So, you know, <laughs> hey, just, I've been practicing for five. I've been practicing FIFA, I man. literally, I spent <laughs> Thursday, Friday, and Saturday playing GoldenEye with my six-year-old. Oh. Like, that's the 12 hours. It's released, you guys. Did you know that? Oh, <laughs> yes. that is that's cool. That is cool. Well, it's great. yeah, I, I, I'm waiting for midnight tonight because Harry Potter or Hogwarts, the new game, is coming out. So I'm, yeah, yes. people, yeah, my wife is not going to see me at all in the next, like, month or so. So, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> It's all good. I love it. Uh, this has been such an honor, you guys. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Sarah. So is there anything else you want to add before we head out? Uh, I hope you don't hate me for saying this. I just am super impressed with you guys. I think <laughs> you guys instinctively care. I think you instinctively go after serving and yeah, the profit happens to follow, but like <laughs> listeners don't be deceived by the fact that they're profit driven. They're not. Right. <laughs> I just really, really sense um, a deep need to care. And I just it's kind of a breath of fresh air. So thank you for letting me be part of what you guys offer. Thank yep. you. I appreciate you. It was, it was amazing. It was yeah. a great you're, adventure today. You're going to make, sure. fun, make Fonzie cry. Look at him. He's already crying. He's already crying. He's so Good emotional. I, I will say I am a crier. Yes. Okay, I am a crier. I love it. I love it. I love it. Sarah, we're incredibly honored to, to have you here on the show today. Thank you for sharing all these golden boulders and value and, yeah. and amazingness and your smile and everything. So we, we cannot wait to meet your community and hopefully, mm -hmm. you know, bring some of that back. <laughs> we're like, oh, boy, yeah. the, the bar has set pretty high we're gonna have to like whoo <laughs> i'm just gonna say this after this episode we should partner with adventure challenge and get the adventure challenge content is profit version that we can say to every one of our guests i'm just saying it'll be pretty epic it'll be pretty cool you know we've got to talk there's yeah, an idea yeah. here let's go there we go let's do it <laughs> all right guys with that said thank you so much for tuning to the contents profit podcast go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at biz bros co that is right and if sarah here help you move one step closer towards your goal please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review see ya bye guys let's go